If you're ready for freedom from the grind, then passive income from real estate investing is the best way to get you there. If you don't know where to start or what to do next, then the Rent Roll Radio Show is the best place to get you there. Join us while we discuss the best practices, strategies, and mindset you'll need and give you actionable content to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Hey, Rent Roll Radio listeners, welcome back. As always, I'm your host, Sterling Chapman. Today, we're joined by Justin Dossie. Justin, um, I would, usually I introduce my guest as as a president of this company or a CEO of that company, but you got so many different irons in yeah. the fire. I'll go ahead and <laughs> let you introduce yourself. Um, so sure. Tell our, tell our listeners um, the areas that you play in. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me on today. Um, so again, my name is Justin. I'm the CEO and co-owner of both Ballpoint Marketing and Call Porter. So Ballpoint's a handwritten direct mail service that we service mostly real estate investors, but we work in a few other niches. And Call Porter is a live answering service for investors. Uh, we also do some lead management stuff over there. So I oversee everybody there, all the growth, everything like that. Founded both of them with my younger brother, Ryan. And then we also invest in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, as well as St. Louis, Missouri. So I also oversee both of those too. Awesome. So I have a lot of questions. Uh, I have a lot of answers. Hit me. Yeah. <laughs> the first one is you're not from Baton Rouge, right? No, no, not at all. Okay. Actually, I have never been there. So why Baton Rouge? So long story short, the guy that we work with, uh, his name's Asa in the area, has been in our coaching group that um, I don't own. I'm a part of my brother has a coaching group and he's been in that group for like three years or so. And honestly, we were super impressed with him, who he was as a person, how he carried himself. Um, you know, I think I you lo- said, you I know lo- him personally. I love him. He's, 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 he's yeah. been one of my faves. Yeah. Ace is a great guy. Uh, yeah. So we, we first kind of met him when he was with a former business partner and uh, he had just, talked about he was selling his lawn mowing company he started in his teens and we we're always very himself and so when that partnership ended we were looking for other markets to get into and we needed boots on the ground so we started looking at other markets and who we knew in them and asa was kind of like the first person that we we're like It'd be interesting to work with him and see how it would go and uh so we've kind of partnered up with him and so far it's, it's been a fantastic relationship Awesome. And that was really the root of my question because I knew you worked with Asa. I just didn't know if it was a chicken or the egg situation. If you like sure. if you wanted wanted to get in Baton Rouge for some reason and then you you sought out Asa or if you just ended up in Baton Rouge because of Asa. And yep, ended up there because of Asa. Yeah, because and the reason I asked that is I wouldn't think that you would look on a map of the United States and go, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, that's where we need to be. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it, but it's worked out really well. Uh, we've, I've been very happy with the results that we've had there. So, um, but yeah, it was one of the one of the things where I don't like to get into partnerships with people I don't know and I don't trust. Um, someone that I haven't worked with or I haven't seen how they handle themselves. So, it was kind of a nice thing to be able to know him for a few years first and kind of see who he is, how he carries himself, and ultimately, like that's why all the partnerships I have are either with my brother who I work with. Um, consistently or someone that we've known for a while as well. So the, the projects in, in Baton Rouge there, are you primarily like wholesaling, flipping, uh, rental properties or what it, or all yeah. of the above? Yeah. So since it's new, we started out mostly wholesaling. Um, we wanted to make sure that we can get some 
some quick base hits in, start building some capital in that account just for everyday expenses, right? Um, <clears throat> we actually just closed on the first house we're doing a flip on currently. And I think we should be done with that flip in January. Um, so this is the first one that we should be able to net like 30 to 40 on it. Um, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but we just closed on uh, week before Thanksgiving, I think is when we closed on it. So we're yeah. kind of getting into a quick cosmetic flip. So I, we'll probably yeah, I do it one at I a time. I talked to him for 30 minutes about that house yesterday. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it'll, I think it'll go really well. And we've in St. Louis, we got into an issue where we had five flips going at the same time without having the people in the systems for it and ran into a lot of challenges. So we're focusing right now on doing one at a time. Yeah. Been there, done that. I'm currently in the yeah. middle of it. It's just, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a weird problem that grows with you. Like it never goes away because like, you basically, you get five flips and you don't have the systems and processes and people to support five flips. And so you get the yeah. systems and the process and the people to support five flips. And then you end up with 10 and then you're like, well, I don't have the systems and processes and people to support. Yeah. 10. And I can, only, yeah. I can, only, that's just part of the, the deal, you know? No, I mean, it, it's, you're a hundred percent right. I mean, we kind of some quick backstory. I took over ballpoint a little over three years ago. Um, on a daily basis. It was in existence at that point. And we've grown by like 1900% in three years during that time. So just like you're saying, every time you, you get to the point where things are working and then you grow, everything breaks again. And I forget who said it, but there's Mario a, Andretti. Uh, is that it, who it was like at threes and tens? No, he is says if, it was? It, if everything's under control, you're not going fast enough. Okay. So that's a good one. There's a, there's another, I feel like it was someone from Toyota a uh, long time ago, but basically like your systems and processes will break every time you three X your business. And every time you 10 X your business is pretty much like the magic numbers that they see. And we've seen that almost to a T in our businesses over the last couple of years. It's like every time we three X, we have to readjust. We have to change stuff. Every time we 10 X, we have to do the same thing and kind of build new systems, new processes, to make sure that we can handle what we're doing at that point. So it's a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot of change, a lot of implementing new things. So let's go back to the beginning or before the beginning. So how did you and Ryan get into opening, um, a ball put marketing, which is obviously geared towards real estate. I, I'm assuming you started with the, I want to be a wholesaler and you saw a gap in the market and then you're like, Oh, I'll start this marketing company to fill that gap. Is that, is that how the story goes or? So call Porter was actually started first. Um, basically I'm trying to think of the quickest way to explain this without taking 40 minutes, but my brother and I, we come from the car warranty industry. So if you ever had a piece of mail that said your car warranty is about to expire, um, that's like St. Louis is kind of the Mecca for that. Like there's just dozens of those companies around here. So we had been in that industry doing phone sales on the phones I did it till I was 27. Um, he got out earlier. And so what had essentially happened is Ryan, his last year in that job made like 25 grams, asked for a raise and the guy I told me wasn't worth it. So he quit, started doing some wholesaling stuff himself, was running a call center here in St. Louis uh, for customer service, retention, collections, things like that. And I just got to the point where I kind of hit the ceiling of what I could take 
and wasn't happy doing it anymore. And Ryan had started a call center on the side for people to just take his calls. Um, it originally started because he missed a phone call and he called the guy on Monday instead of over the weekend. And the guy said that he sold the call to the person who took the initiative to answer the phone. So he hired people that he knew from that industry to help him manage his calls. And it kind of grew to a couple friends and things like that to the point where I was ready to quit. And it basically came up with Ryan was like, how much can I pay you to quit your job, but not bankrupt me? Uh, like, what are your bills costs? So I quit, kind of took over the call porter side of things. And then he had been testing and playing around with doing his own marketing with the handwritten stuff uh, just for himself, like at his house. He bought it, literally bought the house next door to his house to run these machines out of just for him. And then we kind of slowly started building it into a business. And then once he moved to San Diego, he left that business there and it just started going down. Um, and at that point, we had scaled and grown Call Porter. So we went out to Indy, literally grabbed everything on a Friday, moved it to St. Louis. And that started like six months of me working seven days a week, of getting that company to where we needed it to be. <laughs> nice. So... Yeah. Tell me about the investing that y'all have done in St. Louis, you said? Yeah. So we do some here in St. Louis. Uh, we've done, we started here in St. Louis back in January of this year. Um, we've done probably nine flips this year, I think, at this point. Um, and then probably two or three wholesales at this point. It's been a little bit slower because we had a bunch of projects at once where we went into flipping instead of wholesaling first to get extra capital for anything we might need. So now we're kind of pivoting that now that we're done through most of those projects. We actually close on the final one, I think Friday, if I remember correctly. Um, but most of them have been flips here. So it's been challenging during this time. We also went into flipping at a time of extreme growth in or inflation in the market. So we underestimated some costs and ended up not losing money, but not making much as much as we thought we were going to. Been, been there, um, done that too. You know, so I <laughs> uh, had a couple that, you know, we, we were able to net 50 to 60 on, and then a couple that, you know, were 10 to 20 when they should have been 50 to 60. So, you know. Uh, I imagine part, interest rates haven't helped much either. No. Um, they made surprisingly, we didn't have a huge issue selling them, but we did find that with the interest rates being higher, the buyers are being a lot more picky right now. Sure, sure. It's, you know, it's not, not like it was in January where you could throw a turd on the market and it would sell in three minutes. Um, yeah, where now we've, we've had a lot more inspections. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Uh, <laughs> I think we had a flip in February that we sold like for 15 grand over asking. And like, like, we didn't even try, you know, it was, it was great. Um, but where we're at now, we kind of had to pivot and be more conservative on what we're estimating and what we think we're going to sell it for and using the most recent comps, not six months or more worth of comps has also helped us. Sure. So what does the future of the business look like? What is your long-term goal? Uh, for which one? Uh, any of them? All of them? I guess. I mean, for, for Justin, what are you, what yeah. are you trying to buy a bunch of rental property houses? Are you trying to move into commercial? Are you trying to just grow the business and sell the business off or what, 
Like kind of what's your long-term plan? My, you know, I think my long-term goal is going to be to be at a point. We don't have any plans on selling any of our companies. Um, but what we have found is Ryan and I are very good and we like building these companies and then putting people into where we're not that involved anymore. You know, like Paul Porter, I'm involved maybe five hours a week right now. So like my long-term goal is to kind of do that with multiple companies, whether if it's ones we start or we acquire and come in and help grow and scale it out, uh, hire it out, bring the right people in. Um, ultimately that's kind of my goal is I'd like to be at the point where I've got, you know, 10 businesses or so that I'm a fractional CEO of essentially, and be able to help people through growing, managing numbers, hiring, delegating, scaling, all that kind of stuff. Um, Cause I've seen a lot of people that just struggle with hiring the right people in the first place, right. in their company. And that's ultimately as a business owner, you want people working for you to run and grow the business for you and not necessarily have to rely on you hundred percent of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at that point, you're just, you just have another job or, you know, you're, yeah. The, yeah. You're the, I forget how the little quadrant goes, but you're the, you're this, you know, self-employed, not the, not the business owner. Correct. Yeah. You, you created your own job that you have to follow your own rules uh, <laughs> to make, yeah. to make money where we've, I've, I've been in that trap. I'm sure you have as well. Um, you know, as you grow and you learn more about business and how it operates, like really the last year and a half has been a big change for us to where I'm not on the floor here at ballpoint anymore, running machines, you know, I'm not, coming in to work on inserting equipment that broke, right? We've got team members. We've got the sales team to do what they need to do. And it's funny when you get out of the way and you let people do what they're hired to do and they're good at it, things grow a lot quicker than it all relying on one person, right? You're not the bottleneck anymore. And that makes it a lot more efficient, a lot easier to grow and scale. Awesome. So you mentioned the mastermind that you're, you're part of and that your brother has. Yeah. And, would it tell me about that program? Now, does does your brother have more of a real estate investing background, or yes, yes? So he's been in in real estate investing probably seven years at this point. Um, I really started within the last year or so, just because I now have the time to do it. Um, so his primary market's in Indianapolis, uh, works a lot up there, and then he's got a couple other smaller markets that he's into, but. The coaching group is called CCF and stands for Create Cash Flow. Essentially, what we do is we teach people how to build a scalable, repeatable business in your market that stands out from your competition. So, um, you know, how do you come in, beat out the noise, and not be one of the numbers that, you know, fall in line with businesses going out, out of business eventually? So, what are some high level things that you uh, and not for you to share too many of your secrets, but what are some sure. high level things that, that y'all teach that, that will allow somebody to set themselves apart? Because it seems like, you know, there's Uber amount of competition these days with YouTube yeah. and everybody had to be a wholesaler, you know what I mean? And they're pretty much zero barrier of entry. So there's yeah. a million people out there doing it. Well, how are you guys setting yourselves apart? So things we do different. Um, and I think Asa is a great example of this. Our guy here in St. Louis that we work with as well is great with it too, but doing deals right. Like we, our biggest thing is we don't want to get into any business, work with anybody that doesn't live with an attitude of integrity. And the way we look at it is like, if we come to a property and it makes more sense for that seller to list it, we're going to tell them that 
and let them know like, hey, I, I'd love to do this for you. I would have no problem moving this for you, but you're going to make 20, 30% more if you list it on the market. And we have found that that really builds your reputation of just being an honest person with what we're doing. Um, I think a lot. I have friends and family members call me all the time. They're like, Hey, I've got a house to sell. I'm like, I don't think you understand what I do. Like I'm not. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to give you a hundred percent of what you want by any means. Like I got to make money too. Um, But yeah, I mean like we've, we've had a lot of deals where like we've, we've explained that and it comes down to they're like, I get it, but I have to get out. I'm moving them in the military. Right. Or uh, we bought another house and I can't keep the funds, you know, for two properties. So going into it, that's our first one there. And there is, there is like a disconnect there that I didn't realize at first. So when I first started doing direct marketing myself, which I've never actually done successfully. I've mostly gone through wholesalers throughout my career, but I'm trying to get better at it. But sure. in the in the early days, like there was a flood in Baton Rouge. And so I, I went and I sent out all these these mailers through PropStream or something. And this guy called me or several guys called me and they're like, hey, you want to buy my house? And I, and I, I just wanted to be honest with everybody and I wanted to have integrity. And so I was like, look, you know, this isn't like you could fix up your house and sell it. Like this is not... Like I'm trying to buy discounted. I need to make a profit. And I basically talked myself out of all of these sales. And after blowing about the fourth opportunity, it dawned on me that that wasn't actually true because my guys, I fix up tons of houses and my guys do it cheaper than if that guy was to go out and hire a general contractor to fix fix up his house. So the reality is like there might've been, you know, whereas I could fix up a house for 50 K because of all of my efficiencies and resources it probably would take that guy a hundred K to fix it up. So to lead off by saying that, like, Hey, look, you know, know, that's probably not always the answer. Um, And, and I, I, you know, I explained to my realtor what, what wholesaling was. And, and he's like, cause, cause initially, you know, to all the realtors, they're like, Oh, wholesalers, they're bottom feeders. You know, they're, they're screwing the guy (laughs) over. Like I can list it. And I'm like, look, dude, the, the last time I you sold my house, like the first thing you had me do was spend $20,000 fixing it up. And then it's set on the market for four or five months. Like these people are getting foreclosed on next week. You know what I mean? Because right, they, right. Don't ha- they don't have $20,000 to fix up their house and they don't have four months to wait. So we're like, like the wholesalers are offering them a solution to not have bankruptcy or not have a foreclosure or maybe walk away with five grand to go get started, you know, as a yeah. deposit, you know, to move into another house. So it's, it is truly a helpful, viable solution that is not necessarily a negative taking advantage of people. No, not at all. And I, uh, the reason I say that, like on the integrity side of things, is just because I have seen people that that's their strategy, right? Oh, like sure, they come in sure. and like, like I don't, I don't care about that person. I'm here to make money, whatever. And it's like, okay, that's going to work for six months before people catch on to what you're doing. You're not going to have a business model anymore. So you know that totally agree. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do and different ways that you can help people that a traditional realtor can't, um, you know, and I, I'm not a realtor myself. Um, I know people that are, so this might ruffle some feathers, but, um, (laughs) you know, I, I had a buddy put on Facebook recently that realtors are, are not housing experts or transaction coordinators. And that's what they do, right? Like they do paperwork, take care of it. But when you really want to get into 
what you can do in different scenarios and how you can help somebody out of a really crappy situation, typically the investor is going to be the one that has the, the answers for you, right? And how we can help them. So, um, yeah, so that, that's my first point. And like the, the other thing that I would say that we teach a lot in there and what I see at Ballpoint, what I see at Call Porter, what I see in my own business is consistency is everything. So if you're doing direct mail, you're doing cold calling, you're doing texting, you're looking up for sale by owners on Facebook, whatever it is, like be consistent as hell in it and keep the leads coming into your system. What we've found a lot is people will start a marketing campaign, get the deals, get the leads, and then stop while they work on that, get everything started again. And then once that deal is disposed and done, then they have no more leads to work and you have to start back over. So well, you got to keep the, our big, the the funnel full. So I I, I yeah. manage I manage sales teams for all of my corporate career, and that was that's okay. you know the guys the guys that would come in and have early success would usually immediately fumble afterwards, right? Because they, yeah. they they work real hard, they get the leads, and then they sit there, and while they're eating, they're not filling their funnel, and then the following month they fall on their face. Exactly, and that's when you're trying to play catch up restart the machine like uh john maxwell talks about it in one of his books like momentum is one of the most precious things you can have in a business and once you have it keep it going right you don't want to lose it if you have good leads coming in uh keep them coming and the thing like one of the things we do different is most people we know stop marketing through november and december because it's holiday right response rates typically drop off we continue our marketing and sometimes increase it during that time with the expectation that Yes, we're going to get less calls, but it typically starts off January like crazy for us because we've got leads stacked in the pipeline. People are done in the holidays or they've talked to their family about what they're going to do. And then now they're ready to start looking into it. Right. So every year uh, with my brother's company, with other companies that we work with, that's something we always focus on is just consistently marketing through the holidays and being consistent year round. So you always have leads and you never have to stop at a red light, for example, and wait for your leads to come back in and get started again. Absolutely. So what is, what is the best deal you've done? Um, let me think. Uh, the best deal that we did was a wholetale earlier this year. Explain to me um, what a wholetale is. Sure. So, we do direct seller marketing. Uh, that's how we get our deals. We don't typically go through wholesalers. Um, so we're finding the deals for ourselves. So we found a deal and basically the wholesale is, it's almost retail ready. It's almost listable, right? Like there's not a, it's a, it might, like we call it grandma nice, right? Like think of like your typical grandma nice house that is middle of the road. It's, it's not, not super updated. flashy, but like, yeah, it's, it's just not updated, right? It's got decent, decent bones. There's not a lot of issues. Roof's new. Carpets look good. Things like that. So we found a house like this and I think we bought it for, I wish I had the numbers in front of me, but somewhere around like 125, if I remember correctly here in St. Louis, we put about 15 grand into it. We fixed up some cabinets. We did a new countertop in the kitchen, paint and carpet. That was all we did. So there wasn't a ton that needed to be done. I think it took us two and a half weeks to clean it out, fix it up, and then get it staged and listed. And we closed on that from the first closing to the end within 60 days. And we made about 60 grand on it. Nice. And with very, very minimal work. Um, 
that's probably the biggest one we've done so far, I think. Um, and that's just with just starting in January. Awesome. So yeah. for, for all of our investors that are out there just getting started, where do you recommend they start? How can they take advantage of your companies? You know, give us kind of, guess, sell sure. us on, on, on ballpark and, <laughs> and call Porter and like where that fits into somebody who's just trying to either become a wholesaler or trying to source their own deals, I guess, because your, your yeah. products work for both, both people. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's two ways that I look at it. Um, and we've got our products designed this way. Either you have a lot of time and a little bit of money or a lot of money and a little bit of time. So there's two different ways you can go about this. So if you're in that first group where you've got time, might not have a lot of money, the best place you could start is we have door hangers that we sell at Ballpoint Marketing. They're handwritten door hangers. We've got four different designs. Um, they each call out a, a different scenario. One is, you know, sell with no realtor commissions. One is sell it as is, things like that. So it comes with a handwritten message, your phone number, everything on it. And we have had clients of ours that have got it in a deal after putting out a hundred of those. Um, our, my favorite one that we saw so far was like a 17 year old kid who came across this bought our, uh, door hangers. He bought 250 of them after he put out a hundred closed on a deal and made 20 grand as a 17 year old, which was mind blowing to me, uh, that it worked that well. Um, so that's a great place to start. It just allows you to get in for not a lot of money. I think 250 of them is like 125 bucks, something like that. And allows you to get out there, throw them on the door. And honestly, we don't even knock on the doors. We just leave them there, let somebody see them and then call us. And with those, we've seen like a 20% callback rate um, on the high end for sending them out. Is it sustainable long-term and scaling a business? Probably not, unless you've got teams of door knockers that are just going to go out and do this constantly for you. But it's a great place to get started. And what we do with our acquisitions people is we have them keep a stack of these in their truck or their car. And every time they go to an appointment, they have to drop off five or 10 at nearby houses. So there's always like new leads going out. There's always door hangers being dropped off um, to pick up leads. So that's kind of the first place I would start. The, if you want the highest return for the least amount of time, we have our greeting letters that are on our site. It's a handwritten, uh, fully handwritten letter on the inside where we put your logo on there, your website, and the message is completely customizable. So we'll merge in their name, we'll merge in their address. So it's personalized to the owner, it's handwritten with an actual ballpoint pen. Uh, I don't know if this is a video for everyone else, but just like a regular BIC ballpoint pen uh, is what we use. And it'll handwrite the message out. The envelope also gets handwritten and gets a live first class stamp on it. And I think those are like $1.60 a piece, um, you know, but those perform consistently the best over the last five years. Um, like our, I think our average cost per acquisition right now in Baton Rouge, for example, is like 2100 bucks is what we're paying to get a deal right now off of the marketing we're using. So I'd say on average, you're looking at like 2500 to 4000 just depending on your market that you're in. Um, but Ace is just a badass at closing stuff, so that helps, and that's why our number's a little bit lower. Um, but that's that's what I would probably recommend is doing one of our greeting letters on that side of it. And then that way you can have more consistent marketing going out to your farm area, the people you're interested in targeting. And ultimately, we have found that people hold on to these until they're ready to sell just because they look so nice and it's a handwritten message to them. Nice. 
Awesome. So yeah. I want to hop over to our radio round real quick. So help our sure. listeners get to know you a little bit better. Take your time. First question is, what's your favorite book? Currently or all time? Uh, both. There's no there's no limit to the. Uh, currently is a book called The Power of Now um, by Eckhart Tolle. I don't know if you've read it or not, but yep. uh, it's very uh, woo-woo-y, I guess is probably the best way to yeah. say it. Like all about being present in the moment and enjoying what you have right now, regardless of what's going on, right? Not letting outside factors affect your internal happiness. Um, that's been one of my favorite ones that I've read this year. It's been a uh, a very, very very well-written book, very easy to understand if that type of stuff does not always click with you when you read it at first. And I'm one of those people where like science makes more sense to me. The woo-woo stuff is a challenge. Um, but that book uh, has been a fantastic one that I really like. Um, all time, I would probably say because of the way it's written and it's such an easy one, it's The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mandino. That's also a really good one too. That's probably one of the first like sales books I read. Um, it's one that I read like on a yearly basis. Awesome. What is your favorite quote? My favorite quote is, um, I think it's Henry David Thoreau. Could be wrong, but I think that's who it is. Um, but it's most men live lives of quiet desperation. Nice. And I like that quote because that is what I do not want to be. And that's, I've been that before when I was in a W2 job, uh, drinking more than I should have, not happy with where I was. And the fact that I'm not in that anymore, and I now have the opportunity and the outlet to do what I want to do, have fun and be adventurous. That's my thing. I like adventure. Um, so doing that kind of stuff, like that's my favorite just reminder quote to myself is I, I don't, I'm not going to fall in that. Uh, that category of people on their deathbed that have millions of regrets of all the things they didn't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at a conference a couple of weeks ago with a guy, uh, the bucket list guy. Can't remember his name, but he was saying that uh, people people are dying at forty and being buried at eighty. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, there's people I know that died at twenty five, you know, but they're fifty, you know, and it's. Yeah. It's a it's kind of a sad cultural thing, I think, for us, just where we're at, like when we have the opportunity to do what most countries don't. Right. Like, right. you know, I, I didn't know anything about real estate, anything about running businesses five years ago. Now I run four of them and two of them do over seven figures a year. The other two will follow in the next few years. Um, you know, so it's, you know, very cool what you can do in a couple of years. Awesome. And what's your favorite thing to do outside of work? This is pretty unique. Not not so much for me anymore because I do it all the time, but I fly paramotors. Uh, that, I don't know if you've the, seen those. The thing with the um with the big the fan. fan on the back and the yep. uh, yeah, I've got a friend uh Drew Weird. He does that up in Yeah. You know, so Drew's one of the guys that got me into it. Oh, cool. Yeah. So Drew's a good friend of mine. Drew is also in our coaching group. Uh, that's how I met him originally. Awesome. Um so yeah, I started about a little over a year ago and it is the, the most fun thing I've ever done. Like, yeah. I, it's not something I've gotten bored with ever. Like every time I go up, you feel like a two-year-old, just like giggly, having fun. Like it's, <laughs> it's a great, great time. Whether if you're 
at the beach or if you're here in the Midwest, like it's, it's always a great time. So that's, that's my fun thing that I like to do. Awesome. Uh, Justin, how can our listeners get in touch with you, find out more about you, find out more about your company? Sure. So our companies are ballpointmarketing.com and callporter.com. You can also follow both of them on social media. Instagram is the most popular one that we're on. Um, so I can do that. And then me as well, I can find on Instagram as well. Awesome. And I can provide you those links and stuff too, if you want to throw them in the description yeah. or whatnot. We'll put them in. We'll, we'll have the editors dig them up and put them in the show notes. Cool. Well, Justin, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. I enjoy getting to meet you again. I'm a, a customer of yours and a user yeah. of your products and a promoter. And I love your partner, Asa. Um, we we talk twice a week and uh, cool. I'll see him, see him next week at my meetup. If you're ever down in Baton Rouge, definitely hit me up. I'd love to yep. take you to lunch and hang out. Yeah, we'll have to do that. I think I'm going to try and get out there in Q1 of next year, just since I haven't been out yet. So uh, we'll make it happen when I'm down there. Awesome. Sounds good, man. Look forward to cool. keeping up with you on your journey. All right. Thanks, Sterling. This episode was brought to you by Crestworth Capital. If you're a busy professional and ready to make passive income from real estate investing, then go to CrestworthCapital.com where you'll be able to download a free copy of our ebook to help you get started today. Until next week, happy investing.